coming up on today's show, talking to Tony East about all things Central Division, Cavs, Pacers, Bucks, Bulls, and Pistons. Let's dive in on a new episode of Locked On Cavs. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Welcome into a Locked On crossover. I'm Chris Manning from Locked On Cavs. That handsome devil over there is Tony East from Locked On Pacers. Tony, what's good, my brother? How are you? It's August. FIBA has is on pause till the weekend, so uh, I'm good. I'm not busy. It's weird. Yeah, I'm jealous of you. You have players in the end of Pacers. Know to be Tyrese Halliburton playing for Team USA. Uh, I don't have anyone, I believe, on the Cavs roster playing in the FIBA World Cup. I love FIBA, like the physical game and like the the politics of like the refs being from the country of the team that's playing. <laughs> like they're, you know, the, the Bahamas just played an Olympic pre-qual tournament in Argentina against Argentina and all the fans are going nuts against the Bahamas. Like that environment's sick. I wish there was more of that. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's I the USA was going to was playing like warm-up games for the World Cup in Europe and they were playing them in neutral sites and I kind of wish they would have played like Sylvania and Slovenia. I think that would have been sick. Yeah, there's like flair. Can you imagine at the queue you walk in and there's dudes with flares in the crowd? Like, the NBA needs that. <laughs> I'm going to do that at All-Star Weekend 2024 in Indianapolis. <laughs> in Indy, baby. Never, I'll, and I'll see ne- you ne- never, never credentialed again after I threw a flare <laughs> from press row. Just <laughs> chucking it into the court when they're like... I don't even know what I'm... It's something Anthony Edwards will do, presumably. Today's show, though, is going to be about the Central Division. We're, we, got, we have two teams here in the Central. Uh, divisions in the NBA are obviously sort of a nebulous question of how much they matter, but it's maybe a good idea just to see how these teams in the division stack up. Uh, in this case, there's also three teams from the Central. Cleveland, Indiana, Tony Covers, and the Detroit, Detroit Pistons all in the same playing tournament group. But Tony, I think we have to start this with the team, one of the teams neither of us cover. That's the Milwaukee Bucks. I I understand Chris, that like Chris, there's this. We have to start what? by complaining, actually. Why? Why do we have to complain? Because the NBA made this whole in-season tournament, which I am a fan of as a concept. Okay. Games that matter, okay. games for money in the middle of the season. That's cool. Sure. Guys try, I will like it. That said, they created these groups of five in each conference. They already had groups of five in each conference. Why is it not the Central Division is Group A and the Atlantic Division is Group B and the Southeast Division is Group C? That's so. That's a good question. <laughs> um, they said they wanted it to be like balanced groups, but I'm like, over time, eventually they should all be the same. Like maybe one year you just have an easy group, and that's it. I don't get why they did that. Divisions already don't mean enough. Besides that, you play those teams four times. I, I just to. think they should abol- I think they should just personally I just think they should abolish divisions. That would also work in the they, opposite they, direction they, of my they, idea, but yes, that is also smart. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't like matter. They, like either treat make them like a big thing like the NFL where it's a really weighted part of your schedule. And like maybe the Cavs don't play the Lakers one year. Boo hoo. I understand owners might well, get griped about like, oh, I don't get LeBron revenue when you're Lakers rub. Whatever you play the Pistons six times, I think maybe like that would make these rivalries and division mean more. 
Didn't it used to be like you got a top four seed if you won your division? Guaranteed? Like yeah. that would be a big enough deal. Yeah, but now I don't know. Like <sighs> divisions are just like literally neat. It's like I don't. It doesn't always. It's not clear to me why they exist, other than the fact that like they're geographically located. And and if and when we get expansion, Tony, the Central is one of the divisions that I think we're going to get some movement. I don't know like what exactly that looks like, but you would think. Memphis or Minnesota's like probably going to end up in the central. You would you would think. People wanted to hear us talk about the division and we're talking about the not division division. I agree though. I think it would be like Minnesota, Milwaukee, Chicago and Detroit would be a group of four and then I don't know, Indy, Cleveland, Philly, DC or something. I don't know. I made that up off the top of my head. But you get the ch- that that's what the changes make sense to me to be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh all right, the Bucks. <laughs> Look, I, I understand they flame out the way they did. I understand if you look at the age of their team, particularly like Drew and Brooke and Middleton, who was injured a bunch last year, that there is concern about like, is there an age cliff coming? And like they're banking on Jay Crowder as one of their top eight guys. That's dicey. Like there's some there's new coach. There's some concern there. But like, are we sure this still isn't just maybe the best team in the East that could make the finals? Uh, I'm pretty sure that they'll be my pick to be the number one seed in the East again. Mm. So, I mean, they, they'll be technically worse, I suppose. They lost Javon Carter, too, and he was like an interesting part of the rotation. I can't believe we'll bring him up again with the Bulls. But they still have Giannis, and he's good. And not like, did any of their guys who, who are older show any signs of aging last year? Brooke had like his best ever season. Yeah, my concern is just at a certain point, like, does the age cliff just come? Like, that, yes. that is just, like, a, a fear. Because it can, it just it can just happen, right? Like, it's not always, like, it is usually sometimes gradual. And, like, maybe this is, like, a gradual step back for, for some kind. But, like, Drew Holiday, who I adore, is 33 years old. Like, is there a point where it's just like, okay, he's a guard and he's 33, Does the who's been in the league since 2009 like is there a point where like he just slips a little bit and that takes away from them like i that's gonna happen at some point the question is like to me is it is it this year and i would probably think no but it's probably like a middleton and brooke question more than it is a drew question just based on the age of brooke uh men being a little bit older and also middleton having the injury concerns the last couple of years that's true and they're like their additions this summer Robin Lopez is old too Jay Crowder's old Chris Middleton had the worst year of his career and the eye injuries were a factor but I like Giannis is still <laughs> amazing and 28 I have I just I feel like any of their potential age-related offset would or age-related concerns would be offset by Middleton just being better Malik Beasley's good how the heck did they get him for the minimum like the Pacers should have Wanted a shooter of that level for more than the minimum. Um, Cleveland, yeah. For ex- yeah, they'll get like Beauchamp will be better. He's still young. Like they should be at worst the same level team, and that was the one seed last year. And I don't know if the Celtics will be better. And maybe they will, but health permitting. Um, obviously, the the Sixers are a bunch of question marks. The Heat were. Is Dame going to make them go from eighth to first? I don't know. Like I still feel like they'll be the best regular season team, even if they're not quite there. In the postseason, and another factor is they get a lot of easy wins because they just pummel the rest of the Central Division teams every year. Betting wise, here here are the odds uh, from our friends at FanDuel as far as title odds right now. Um, they do have division odds, so we'll hit those as well. I guess I kind of just forgot to maybe think about division odds, but title odds: 
Boston has the best odds overall in the league at plus four seventy, which I honestly like. I'm like, are we sure? Are we sure? Interesting. I'm a little, I'm a little, a little unsure about that. Denver's at plus four eighty, and then Milwaukee comes in at third at plus six hundred. So like, like the the it has not fallen off in terms of the East. They are plus two ninety uh, versus plus two ten for the Boston Celtics. And if you go to the division, the Bucks are a minus two twenty favorite to win the Central Division. They are the the odds-on favorite to win the Central, which I, I think even with wow. some of my negativity, that, that's Tony, actually worse I, I think it's than right. I thought, though. I would have thought they would have been like minus like, four or five hundred. Yeah, like I don't know if there's like value there if you're like trying to bet that, but like I like I that's that's I mean it, there's there are two teams with really good odds. Cleveland's the other one that, that's at plus two ten. Um, I'll, I won't tell you who's third because I don't know. I don't really know if I see that them as the third, but we'll talk about that. Milwaukee's probably going to win this division, probably, like, as you said, maybe get first in the East, maybe get second in the East at worst. Like, this is going to be a really good team, and it still feels like the rest of the division is still trying to catch up to Milwaukee. Yeah, and I think that Giannis losing in the first round, people forgot how good he is a little bit. Like, he's still ridiculous. He was an MVP candidate, and then he had an, got hurt and had an awful first round, but he's insane. He's so good. So I think they'll, I think they're a 55 win team still, and I mean, I cover the Pacers. Like the Pacers have beaten Giannis one time since 2018, two times now. Actually. Yeah, sorry, they beat him last year, and TJ McConnell had a ridiculous game. Like it's just not something they do. They just they can't beat him because they're that good. Really good team. Should probably gonna win the division. All right, coming up next, let's go into the Cavs and the Pacers. Two the two teams we cover. We're gonna talk a bunch about them. That's coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. It's officially summer. It's been summer for a while. And it's a new season, so that means new clothes. And you're thinking about fall, that's the same thing. But your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make those purchases. Now you can watch your cash grow back with each purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. I know Tony's super worried about inflation, so he's just over here like crushing Ibotta. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get cash back. It's that easy. The average about a user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or that fancy dinner you've been craving. Or if you want to like throw some money in Vandal, there's your Vandal money right there. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back. You can cash out your bank account, PayPal, gift cards. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. Tony, let's talk about the Cavs next. Odds-wise from our friends at FanDuel, plus 210 to win the Central Division. That is the second best odds in division title odds. They are at plus two thousand. That is plus. That's three hundred minus behind the 76ers. That is the same odds as the LA Clippers. They're in that kind of outer tier range of teams. Uh, they have the fifth best odds among teams in the Eastern Conference as of right now. Where are you at on, on the Cavs as far as a, as a player in the East and in, in this division next year? I think they're going to be really good in the regular season again. I was high on the Cavs heading into the playoffs last year. Like Their net rating was ridiculous. I picked them to beat the Knicks in five games. Um, no one should listen to me about anything ever is the takeaway from that, of course. But 
like their net rating was so good. They pummeled so many teams. Their lineups made a lot of sense. The way they were winning wasn't like some gimmicky thing. Like they'll get to the playoffs and teams will try harder and it won't work. But that's what happened. So that surprised me a little bit. But I still think they'll be really good the regular season. And the really big reason I'll be high on them to be better is they're good. They're returning a lot of the same players. And most of those guys that played a lot of minutes for them were young last year and should be better just by default. Like internal improvement alone would have made me head the Cavs as a top four or five team in the East. And they added two guys that will really boost their rotation in Max Struess, who can really shoot it and do stuff with the ball beyond that and is an okay enough defender. And George Niang, former Pacer, who can really, really shoot it and can't do much on defense. But that's the exact thing the Cavs need is a dude who just stands behind the three-point line and makes those shots. So I think they got it appreciably better at the thing they were the worst at and should at least be a team that addressed their needs enough in a way that they shouldn't get pummeled in the first round. I don't know if they're they're a contender. They're probably they're probably the worst team I would say is a contender, but I think they're going to be really good. Like the, the all the all the numerical indicators to me suggest that the Cavs should be a pretty dang good team next year. Do you, do you, do you like the additions they made to just basically say, hey, like we're not going to over overly change the formula, but we're going to add shooting? Is that to you at all interesting for for that to happen? Yeah, I mean, that's what the Jazz tried when they were their best team, probably, right? They went out and got Bojan Bogdanovic the summer they lost Miritich, and um, the, Joe Ingles was a key shooter for them when they, he'd been there for a while. But you know, that was always what they had kind of needed around Donovan Mitchell, and that team shouldn't have beat the Clippers and made the conference finals. They didn't, so saying they should have doesn't mean anything, but that's what he needs, right? If you're Donovan Mitchell and you're really good with the ball and you're a good playoff contributor, you need shooters and defensive bigs and the Cavs have that obviously one of those defensive bigs Jared Allen had a uh, I don't know what word you've been using Chris I will say terrible post I let's let's say let's say I'm gonna say soft I think soft is more than fair to describe what Jared Allen was in the playoffs yeah there there's a lot of words you could use very few of them have a positive connotation Uh, but Mobley's still awesome and should be better next year too and Garland's a nice uh, secondary guard to have. So I think they have the right group of guys around a Donovan Mitchell now to be even better. So yeah, I think I like their additions. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they have a lot to prove for for me or anyone else. I think to project them to really take a big step up and maybe really push Milwaukee. There's a lot to me to like. And I think you're if you bet on the development of Garland and Mobley and in another year of Mitchell, who had the best year of his career last year, and I think will be really motivated again this upcoming season. I think all of that is reason to think this team is going to be really good. But there is going to be this feeling of of holding pattern a little bit just because you could get to the playoffs and they could have a better regular season than last year with another great net rating and be like, okay, like are you gonna crap the bet again? like you did last year, and, and get sent home in round one. Tony, let's go to your Pacers. I told you before we started recording that I am very optimistic about the Pacers. I think this is the third best team in the division. I, I think this is a team that can push for a playing spot. I don't, you know, the East is going to be competitive, but I love Hal Burton. I think Carlisle is obviously one of our best coaches. I think Miles Turner is like a, just a very solid player. Um, I I just like I, I like what Bruce Brown's going to give them. Even that price tag maybe seems crazy. I just think he's going to help them a lot. I love Benedict Matherin. I, I just like this team. I like the Obi Toppin edition, like on a for the cheap. I I like what this team is going to be. I think they're going to be frisky. I think they're going to be solid. I think this team's going to be a really annoying team. And to, to bring it in the playing tournament, 
I think it's going to be Cleveland or Indiana that gets out of this group for the playing tournament. I think Philly, just with what's going on, is going to have some wow. problems. I think Cleveland or Indiana is getting out of this group. I think if you pick those two teams, I'll tell you, I think it's going to be Cleveland just because Philly is just a disastrous nightmare for the Pacers in recent years. And B, it has just kicked Miles Turner's butt forever. But beyond that part of it, yeah, they got better, right? Um, someone was going to take their money. There was rumors it would be Max Struess. <laughs> Who's on the Cavs? It was Bruce Brown. I, I w- that that is the from talking to people about it. They a lot of people I think thought Max Drews was head of Indiana, and then they they pulled the sign and trade lever, which they needed to do. I think they I think they needed Cleveland needed Max Drews more than Indiana did. W- would be my would be what I would say. Funnily enough, I don't know who the Pacers valued more to be clear, but I think Bruce Brown's a better fit for the Pacers. So everybody gets. I, what they I want, agree. Right? Everyone, um, and, and Bruce Brown in particular got a massive amount of money. And good for you, yes. Bruce Brown, for doing that. Tripled his previous high salary for a season. And they need defenders, right? He's a great fit for what they need in terms of point of attack defense. Now, Halberton will not have to guard as good of players. He can be more of his off-ball dominant self. And teams with like two or three really good guards like the Cleveland Cavaliers will still be a tough matchup for them. But uh, yeah, they'll be much better on defense as a result. Obi Toppin, even if Obi isn't that much better than last year, their four rotation went from O'Shea Brissett and Aaron Neesmith to Toppin and Walker. That's an improvement. They like the Cavs to me, too. Even with very limited additions, just should have been a better team because their young guys will get better. So there's a lot of reasons to, for me, at least to be optimistic about the Pacers being a decently better team than last year. I just did the schedule breakdown and got them to about 40 wins myself. 40-41 range. And that's a playing level team given what the East was last year. And that's just if their additions and some minor internal improvement happened. There is certainly more upside for them to go above that than to me there is downside to go below that. So yeah, they're much better. And I don't know if they'll be the third or fourth best team in the division, but I think they're better than Chicago myself. Yeah, so here are the odds on the central division. Uh, the Bucks, as I said, are minus 220. The Cavs are plus 210. Bulls are plus 2300. The Pacers are plus 2500. I That's would... Close. Yeah, I but I I think if I I don't know like exactly if you can do this, but if I could just pick the Pacers to have a better record than the Bulls and get like plus odds on that, or just pick that outright, I think I would I would do that. I would feel pretty good about that. I just the Bulls are just weird. We're going to talk about them in the next segment. I just like what Indiana is, and I I Tony a lot of that really just stems stems from the fact that I think as a lot of basketball nerds do, and and rightly so. I think Tyrese Halliburton is just. Awesome. And like that's another that's another breakout lead guy that's just gonna have he's better than anyone the Bulls have, I think, at this point. I agree. Um and you know, good on us for not being the the hot take artists because there was a big debate about the best guard in the East recently. We're talking about to me the top two candidates in this segment in Mitchell and Halbert. And to me, uh, maybe you could throw in your Brunsons or if Dame's on the heat, maybe it's Dame, maybe it's Levine. I don't know, but these two are the re- that like having good lead ball handling play is important, and those two are going to give their teams that, and that alone makes them solid contenders to be good. It's no secret that the Pacers got better once they got better lead ball handling play. Brogdon and Levert were fine. Halberton's much much better, and is only twenty three. Right, <laughs> I guess he was born on February twenty ninth, so he's only six. But either way, uh, he's only twenty three. He'll be much better to me next year too. With knowing what he is, the USA experience should help him. Like. He self-creates so much, I think he knows. He just needs to shoot a little more. That alone will make the Pacers better. And the Bulls, who we'll get to, I think are good still. I like Zach Levine, but I think I'd pick the Pacers over them right now. Interesting. Uh, just to, to make the playoffs, Pacers are plus 128. Bulls are plus 172. 
Pacers have worse division odds, better odds to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's weird to me. Um, yes. But when I went through the East, like to me, it's probably Pacers Bulls battling for eight, nine. Maybe the Nets are in there too. So that's a huge difference in your odds is getting uh, two lives in that playing thing. So um, that would, that I, I guess that makes sense. Maybe they think the Pacers are better head to head than the Bulls. So better shot at that play tournament specifically. But that's interesting. That's super weird. I'd have to think about the yeah. lies there. Yeah, me too. But I, I would take Indiana. I like Indiana as the, the third best team in this group. All right, up next, let's talk about the bottom of the division, Chicago and, and Detroit. Tony, I don't have a ton to say about the Bulls. Maybe you do, because I just, when I think about the Bulls, I think about Lonzo Ball, and I just get really existentially sad. Yeah, good timing to for this too with him uh, officially admitting he's out for the season, which was known when they applied for that disabled player thing. But now he said it, which means a little more. Um, and hey, Lonzo Ball, big ups, Chris, you're not on Twitter. You didn't see this, I don't think. Lonzo Ball <laughs> no, tweeting I, at I, I, Stephen A. Smith. So St- Stephen A. Uh, earlier this week said that he heard that Lonzo couldn't stand up without pain. And Lonzo tweeted a video and tagged Stephen A and said, who are your sources? And it's just him in a chair getting up over and over again. <laughs> Lonzo Ball. Love it. Um, without him, like the Bulls were so good when he was healthy. They were, they were first in the East, right? Like through 50 games or something. Like they were awesome. Still don't have him. So I have trouble being really high on them. DeRozan's older. Levine was awesome the second half of last season. So maybe that alone should be enough for me to be higher on them. But Vooch is older too. Their additions are kind of exactly what they need to me. Javon Carter's like a tough guard, and Torrey Craig actually gives you wing defense, but it's two bench guys. So unless those two click perfectly or they're really healthy this year, they're going to need that second half Levine all season to be a much better team, and I don't see that happening necessarily. And their other two really good players are kind of like on that Buck side where it's like there's no way they'll be better than last year. At best, they're the same player. So, I mean, they're what's their best-case scenario like? 40 to 45, right? I mean, maybe I'm sleeping on something there, but I don't I don't see their upside to be like way better than last year. I don't either. I, I think Levine and DeRozan is scoring output. Vooch is, is what he is. Like, we're still waiting, I guess, for some kind of Patrick Williams outbreak. Well, I guess Pat Will is the upside, right? Like, he has a crazy yeah. breakout. Yeah. But uh, I'm not sure about that one. So I think it might have happened. I know he's still really young, but like, it, it just feels like the ship has sailed on him maybe being whatever, maybe the upside of what people thought he was going to be. This team's going to be fine. I, I think 8-9 range is probably about right. Um, there are some really stinky teams in the East this year. Uh, there are some teams that I just, like the Wizards, you look at and just being like, are, how many games is, is this team going to win? Like, it, there is some, some Charlotte is going to be particularly bad as well. Bulls were ninth last year, 40-42. and 42. Uh, had I'm curious to see if the defense holds in the way that it like that their defense last year was just like really good and it didn't really make sense as to why in a lot of ways to me. So I'm curious to see if that that holds and maybe that's enough for them. Uh, let's finish with Detroit. 17 wins last year. Had basically no Kate Cunningham last year. New coach Monty Williams is in. They got Joe Harris. Kate Kate will be back. Just year two of Jaden Ivey. Uh, they have James Wiseman. They have Jalen Duran. They have one of the Thompson twins. I'm kind of intrigued by Detroit, Tony, even if I don't think this team is going to be very good. But considering I saw them in like March and it was one of the saddest basketball games I've ever saw in person <laughs> in my life. 
and I like felt really just bad for for them having to like go through the motions at that point in the season. I think there's a little more juice to this team this year than last, but I still don't think they're going to be very good. I think from listening to other people talk about the Pistons and reading about the Pistons summer that I'm higher on their offseason than like anyone alive, basically. <laughs> like, I get that you, they had space and maybe people thought they could do better with it, but Cade looked amazing in those select team scrimmages, right? Like, if he's your lead ball handler and Ivy's your secondary guy, all you need is like a caretaker bench dude and a shooter. And they got mm-hmm. them with other stuff. In trades, and they're very tradable guys that they got in Monte Morris um, and Joe Harris, and all their young guys should be better. And Cade is going to be awesome. And Ivy, I really liked last year. Like, I think they're set up pretty well to be surprisingly good, with the downside risk being just no spacing. I mean, they're big, they need to have a big who can shoot because they're going to be playing probably two of Livers, Beef Stew, Wiseman, and uh, Durin at all times. And that is tough. Like uh, mm-hmm. that is pretty tough to to deal with. And they had like if they play Boyan and Joe Harris, that's a ton of spacing. That's a ton. But they've invested in all these bigs to the point that it it's hard for me to imagine they can't play two of them a lot of the game. So if they balance out their roster in February, I'll feel really good about where they're going. Right now, I feel pretty good about where they're going. But the fact that some of the times they'll have a really great kind of spaced out lineup that sucks on defense, and the other half they'll have a <laughs> really clogged up lineup that is better on defense. Like they're going to be imbalanced. They're not re- quite ready to me to get to that playing range, but I think they're going to be better than the people are giving them credit for. I think they had a good summer. Marvin Bagley's still in this roster. Um, <laughs> do you know how much Marvin <laughs> Bagley's make? No, I just think about this a lot, Tony, because do you know how much, do you, do you know how much I, more than I'm like, do you know how much he's making this upcoming season and the season oh, after? Gosh. Uh, no, I don't like 8 million, 7 million more 12 and a half. No, I didn't. Like that. <laughs> Why? Good for Marvin. I good for Marvin Bagley. Collect those checks, my guy. But uh, not sure what the, the look. You cover the, the Cavs, so maybe you you can speak to this. I'm actually thinking about this. We'll just go on a tangent really quick. At yeah, what point does a player stop becoming where they were picked? Like no one would. If Marvin Bagley was in trade talks right now, no one would be saying former number two pick. Okay, I here right? Isaac and you covered Anthony Bennett, so he well, was the that, former that, number one that, pick, but like that shouldn't that, matter. Yeah, like, that, that, that was over, that, uh, that was over really early. I mean, Isaac Poor, <laughs> for, for instance, was a fifth overall pick. He, yeah. he, sh- he should not be viewed as like a former fifth overall pick in trade. Yes. His value is not that anymore. He hasn't proven it. At a certain point, it's like you play three years. I kind of think you just got to like it's with Patrick Williams. It's like, I just think but Patrick I like, Williams I like is no, Patrick no, no, Williams, so I would use former yeah, but, number four pick for him. When did you stop saying former first-round pick Goga Patate is my question. Up, up till they cut him, honestly. <laughs> I still kind of believe in him as a backup center. I said that literally on my last show, funnily enough. Um but Why yes, are you like talking that. about Goga Batatze? What's the, what? Are you okay, Tony? Are we? We need to do a I was wellness just, uh, check. Just catching everybody up on where every Pacer who I hadn't talked about who played on the team last year went in free agency. No, oh, that's a good show idea. I know. This is content. That's content right there. <laughs> like, yeah, you, I guess you've talked about him, but like a lot of Cavs are on different teams now, right? Yeah, I mean, we're derailed. Um, this isn't good. Yeah, I'm, now I'm, I'm just just trying to think of like the. Well, it's like, I mean, like, okay, when did Andre Drummond stop being like an all-NBA? When did you stop referring to him as like an all-NBA center? You know, like, when does that, when does that rub wear off? You know, it's just one of these things. I get, and I'm pro like being nice and like giving guys a chance to grow. But at a certain point, it's like the reality is, hey, Marvin Bagley isn't very good. 
I remember when Fultz was going through his stuff with the Sixers, people were like, oh, the Pacers should jump in on this former number one pick. I'm like, why? <laughs> and it does, and he's good now, so maybe I was wrong there, but I, I don't I don't know what it takes to for the label to not matter or do or should matter, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, let's end here, Turner. Let's give our predictions. Top, let's order the Central Division standings. I'm going to go Bucks, Cavs, Pacers, Bulls, Pistons. I think the Cavs are going to push the Bucks, but I'm going to pick the same order as you. I also think Detroit's going to sneak up in this, though. So, Ooh. it's. I think, like, last year was pretty obviously, like, it was almost like tier, 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 tier for all five teams. I think it's going to be like 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B, and then 3A, but the Pistons are closer to 2C than, like, a fourth tier, if that makes sense. Which which team do you, I, I, I don't want to ask this of like, I'm going to ask the inverse of the question I feel like I get asked most, like how sure are you? It's like, how unsure are you? Like, which one of these teams are you like mo- at least confident in you, in you predicting it that's going to go how you're seeing it? Chicago, because they're kind of at a crossroads. Like they had to do everything they did this summer because it was either keep yeah. your guys or lose your guys for nothing. But like, I don't think this is just, I, I'm an outsider, obviously for the Bulls, but like, I don't think they're psyched about their summer. They just had to do everything they did. So if they, let's say they start 15 and 25, like they're going to be one of the most obvious trade several players teams in the league. So if they do that, they would be much worse. So I I think I'm the least confident in them. I just think Levine's so good that maybe it doesn't matter. But I mean, again, outside of 50 games with Lonzo playing, like this era has not done really anything. So I think that would be the team I'm least confident in. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Pretty much to a tether. That's going to be it for this Lockdown Cavs. Lockdown Pacers crossover. I'm Chris Manning. That is Tony East. We'll be back at, we'll be both back at you in our respective feeds later this week. Tony talking FIBA. Uh, I'm going to talk about player rankings because I don't have the luxury of anyone playing in FIBA. Just not, no Patriots, I guess, for, on the Cavs roster. Tough look for, for me. Yeah, but you'll get, you'll get Mitchell here. next summer and I won't get any Olympians. So, do you, oh, are we sure Donovan Mitchell's locked for the Olympics? I don't know about that. If he, okay. like maybe not. Are we sure? He was on he was on that bad FIBA World Cup team. You remember the team? Yeah, but that he went was the only good player on the whole team <laughs> that summer. Are we I don't know if he's a lock for if like he at the very least, I don't think he's like a starter. I think Anthony Edwards might be the starting shooting guard for the Americans next summer. <laughs> that is possible, yes. <laughs> it's the ant show. It's we're just in Anthony Edwards' world. Daniel Tice or Buddy Heald, maybe they'll be my Olympians next summer. <laughs> Maybe I'll get, maybe, I mean, we'll see what happens with Rubio. Um, Kevin Love, one last run of the Olympics, the glue guy. I'll get to just claim him as an honorary calf. Andrew Nemhard, Canadian Olympian. You heard it. Mm, actually, there you go. There you go. I need, we need, uh, I need Delhi back on the Cavs just so I can cover the Australian <laughs> national team. <laughs> Luke, Luke Travers, uh, the Cavs, the last year's second round pick who's played in the Summer League twice, get him on the Olympic roster. Then I can just be like, I, I, I want to just talk about Australian Boomers basketball. Delhi planned a full season in 22-23. One of the upsets of the season last year. Good, good for Delhi. Collect the nice playing back in Australia. Good for him. All right, we'll be back at you this week. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This has been Locked on Cavs and Locked on Pacers. Mm-hmm.